Well, thank y'all. Thanks for being here today and worshiping the Lord with us together as the family of God. All right. We have a nursery right over the other way, and we have kids' church downstairs if she needs some help, if you guys want to help her. I'm serious. Hey, our, um, hey guys, stand in the back there. Maybe you can give her some direction. That'd be awesome. Hey, Mike, you want to help her behind you? Okay, thank you. All right. We're not a perfect church or perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help, and he's provided that help through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And uh, I I just want to talk to you real plain. I'm very transparent about what's... I want the Spirit of God to do everything he wants to do. And we want to make sure that we walk within the Spirit of God and not anything else. All right? So um, we want to keep it that way. So you be obedient to the Spirit of God, and if we feel like something needs to be a little checked or kept in place, we're going to do that. And uh, we want God to have His way. And sometimes when the Spirit of God moves, it get, does get a little messy at times, you know, because it's like difficult to navigate that 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 fine line of the Spirit of God moving. Yeah. There's a... Um, we have a, a woman's lounge over there, too, if you want to help her over there that's uh, available. She can watch the service in there. So, anyway, I'm really glad that the children are here just so we all stay on the same page, right? We understand the, that, you know, as life goes along and we have things that we're learning and developing and growing, and also in families where there's been uh, some dysfunction as we come back into the Spirit of God and where He's working with us, that there's a little bit of a work in progress as we learn what it means to function in the right ways and stuff and so you just be praying with us that we do that as a body as a church and then as individuals as well in our family units okay all right so that's what we want we want to be listening to what god has for us so god has a plan for us today and i'm excited about what he's doing i really am i want you to know that some of us had to go to san diego this week for some meetings we do a yearly um group meeting with uh, other churches, there's like 60-some churches that gathered together representatives of those churches. Myself and my wife, Kimberly, and uh, Pastor Stephen and Michaela, Pastor George and Linda, and Heather all went over there for some meetings this week. I tell you that because we have to do some business structure, and there's got to be organization within the church. And so we've been doing this every year for many, many years. And as we go, I'm not a big fan of business meetings. I'm... I'm um, I'm just not, you know, I, I like doing those things that God um, allows me to do, like preaching and serving him, but there's stuff we all don't like about our jobs, right? There's things we have to do. So we do them because it's part of it. So that's what I was doing over there with everybody else there. It's not all bad, but it's just, you know, you're doing it. I'm telling you this because in the uh, afternoon of the, the day of the conference of the business section, had a little talk on the Spirit of God, and then we all came before the Lord in prayer, and the Spirit of God moved and fell upon us in that place. In, a, in the middle of a business meeting, the presence of God was very obvious, very present, and very real, and He was doing something, and it's amazing, and I was very excited to not only be a part of that, to be experiencing that, but the amazing grace of God. I, I want to tell you guys that uh, the individual was up there sharing the scriptures and what God was doing. 
And the challenge that they brought was like a little three to five minute devotional. And when they were finished, there's no question the Spirit of God said to me, go up there, it's time to pray. And I looked around like, mm, I don't think I want to go up there. And I don't want to be that guy like stepping up to the front and being like I'm somebody or I need to tell you something. And I sat there. And um, I was just praying and talking to God and saying, you know, we need to do something. And he was prompting me to do it. And that moment passed. And uh, as I sat there, I was like very convicted in my heart. And I asked the Lord to forgive me. And I told my wife, I was like, I, we were supposed to pray right there. And I blew it. And I'm angry at myself. And I'm frustrated um, that I didn't do that. And so we had about a two-minute break. And I immediately went over to the speaker. And I told him, I want you to forgive me. I know God wanted us to pray. And I asked both of them that were there that they would forgive me. And I was like, God was trying to do something. And I didn't move. And we should have went back, sat down, and I was very upset with myself that I didn't listen to the Spirit of God and do that. And God's such an amazing God of mercy that somehow the, the speaker up there said someone came and told them we needed to have a prayer time, and we missed it. So God gave us another opportunity, invited that, that presence to come, and uh, allowed me to go up and repent to everybody and then share that God wanted to do something. God's such an amazing God. He's so incredible that he would allow that even after I sat there in my flesh uncomfortable and not wanting people to think I think I'm someone or you know how those stupid voices come. And then it was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with that garbage. I'm in. I asked them to forgive me. We move. Spirit of God was moving in the whole place and prayers. And the reason I share all that with you is not just to confess that I screw up still and that I need God's help. But church, I'm telling you because there's so much distraction and messed up stuff in the world around us that sometimes we can get distracted that God is really doing something and we can just feel like we're on survivor mode. And I want you to know that the Spirit of God is moving. And it's not just in a moment of prayer at a little business meeting, but He's moving in churches and lives of people. And the Spirit of God is active, and He's up to something. I know God is up to something. I'm not fully aware of everything that it involves. I do know it involves transformation of life. And God is moving. And I want you to be encouraged this morning to know that the Spirit of God is moving he is prompting, he's convicting, he's encouraging, he's challenging, he's revealing truth. The Holy Spirit is actively moving in the church. So don't listen to the stuff that's out there that is negative and garbage. Focus on who he is and what he wants to do in your life. And let's believe together as a church that the Spirit of God is going to work within us, through us, and in this place to accomplish his purpose for our being. That is our prayer. So let us join forces together right now, embracing the Holy Spirit for the message that he has for us today to show us with clarity what he wants to do in our personal life and our corporate life as the body of Christ. Amen? God is good, man, and he is up to good stuff. Let's embrace him fully. You spend some time with him this week in his word. Did you listen or pray at least listening to God's word for five days, five minutes? Did you do that? Yeah. 
Did you share God's story with someone this week? Yes. Did you spend some time alone with him this week with no agenda? Yes. That was our message last Sunday, so I'm glad you're doing something like that. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Yes. Are you doing it? Yes. Are you not doing it? That matters not what he's saying, right? Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Did you invite someone to church with you this week? Have you been praying and working on our God-given goal for 2019 with each one of us reaching at least one person with the good news of the gospel, teaching them what it means to be a follower of Christ? Are you doing that? That's the Great Commission, Matthew 18, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. God has called us into that church. It's not an option. He wants us to walk with him, live for him, and make a difference in the life of others around us. Every decision you make impacts people. Everything you do impacts people. Last week we read the story of Mary and Martha. Martha being caught up in the things that needed to be done because she had guests in her house. Jesus was there. There was a lot of confusion, lots of stuff that needed to be done. And Martha got all wrapped up in all that stuff. And she was trying to do stuff. And Mary, her sister, who had responsibilities as well, just went and sat at Jesus' feet listening. We read that story to you last week. So Martha was upset with Mary because she wasn't helping. And so Martha didn't go to Mary and say, Mary, come on and help me. Did you notice what she did? She went right to Jesus and said, tell her to help me. How many times do you go to God and tell him what he needs to do to help you by changing them? Right? Seriously, we do it all the time. It's like, oh, God, please show them what they need to do because they're not doing their part and they need to do it for me. That's what we do. She could have went to her, but she didn't. She went right to Jesus and said, tell her. And what did he tell her? Martha, Martha, you're so caught up in everything going on and Mary's chosen what is better. She's making a better choice, man. It's being with him. So as we bring that into today and understand something that we all have choices to make, we need to make better choices. We need to make better choices. We need to make the best choice. Everybody has stuff going on in your life. Everybody has things that we need to do. Everything is going on in life around us, but we also need to make choices and we need to make better choices. The better choices that we need to make are the ones that put God first in our life. Now, the choices that we make not only impact my relationship with God and who I am, but it impacts the people around me. Whatever choice I make is not just about me. It impacts everybody. All right. Here's the children of Israel. You know the stories in the Bible that talk about the Exodus. They coming out of Egypt. They didn't go into the land like they were supposed to. God punished them 40 years in the wilderness. The whole generation that was 20 and older died. All the funerals have happened. All the memorial services are complete. The next generation is risen up. God tells Moses to lead them to the edge of the promised land. Moses brings the people right to the edge of the promised land. It's about the moment of truth, and they're about ready to go in. Well, what happens here is, if you look in the Bible, you know the beginning is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch. So we have in Genesis, the creation story, all that. Going into Exodus is the Exodus out of Egypt. And then in that process of the Exodus begins 
God giving the structure of religion and a sacrificial system. It goes into Leviticus and Numbers, all that God has for his people and what they're supposed to do and how to conduct themselves. Now when we come into Deuteronomy, it is called Deuteronomy because it is the second giving of the law. It's the same law that's already been given, but remember, they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have little electronic devices to read to them. The only thing they had was the priest's and the Levites to teach them things and their family to teach them things. So all they had was word of mouth about the truth. So here's what's happening. This generation who grew up in the wilderness watching their parents and grandparents die off are now right here. So Moses calls them together. Said, you've been learning all this. You know all this. You've heard all this. Here's what God says. This is for you. And he lays out God's law for them. He brings it to a conclusion. And we're going to read today Moses' action steps to the law to the children of Israel. And this is what God's word says. It's an amazing word. This command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. It is not kept up in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. What he's saying to them is, I'm telling you what you already heard, what you're already sharing. You know this. This is truth. Hear me, church. <laughs> what I speak to you, you already know is truth. It is in your heart. It is on your lips. It is not too far. It is not something that you can't obtain. It is not something so far out there that it can't happen. Now listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death. Between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep His commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh. <laughs> oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God and obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh my goodness, church. Hear the words of God as he speaks to us today. 
I want to speak to you the words that God has placed in my heart to share with you this morning. From this moment of truth, where a decision was about to be made that would guide their lives and their children's lives and their grandchildren's lives. It was the moment of truth where they had a decision to make. I want to share with you that I am giving you today a message that is not too difficult for you. It is not beyond your reach. This Christian life that God has called us into is not some unobtainable fairy tale. The life that God has called us into in the Christian life of living by the Spirit of God through the power of God is an available life that is not something way out there that we've got to try and obtain or reach out to. It is present. You know it is. It is in your heart because the Holy Spirit Himself dwells there and He's revealing this truth to us. This is not something far out there. Church, it's an amazing thing that God has led us on this journey. And He did this so that we could learn, understand, and obtain this life, the thing that He expects from us. The huge advantage we have over the children of Israel, I mean unbelievably huge, is the fact that all they had was God's Word to tell them through people. Think about it. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been promised to us. Church, look, we've been walking down this road in Scripture, and I'm just going to share briefly in this moment to say this. The Word of God says that if you confess your sins, Jesus Christ is faithful to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you of all of your unrighteousness, and make you right with God. Then He tells us that the Holy Spirit confirms in our heart, in our spirit, that we are a child of God. You know when you are saved. You know when you're right with God because the Holy Spirit Himself who comes to dwell within us affirms the reality of your relationship. Have you had that experience in your life, church? If you haven't, you need to. It's biblical. And when you have that, then what God tells us in His Word... Our Savior Jesus promised that when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, He will convict us, lead us, guide us, reveal truth to us. He's going to show us the way. This isn't complicated. It's not something that should bring confusion. You should not be aimlessly wandering, wondering, am I walking with God or not? The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and convicting, and we're without excuse. We have to make a choice. I'm going to follow Him. Jesus said it in John 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. I'm not going to read any more. I just want to stop right there. Way too many Christians are struggling with understanding God. With understanding what does He want from me. I'm confused as to what's the next step. What does God actually want? What is this? We are way overcomplicating everything. Much of our difficulty is found in trusting that we are actually hearing from the Holy Spirit in the first place. So here's what we do. God, what about this? God, what about this? God, what about that? God, would you do this? God, would you do this? He's trying to talk to us, and we're so busy asking about 30 different things that we can't even get an answer to one because we don't pause long enough to hear him say anything in the first place, and we're way too detailed in what we expect from God. We're asking God to give us every detail of every decision and every plan in my life. 
He said he's leading us. If he's leading, then walk, trust, and go. Come on. Stop analyzing every moment. Um, God, should I start with my right foot or my left? I'm not hearing. I don't know what to do. I, I probably shouldn't move. I'm listening. Right or left? Right or left? Left or right? Maybe I'm saying that wrong. God, am I saying it wrong? Would you show me if I'm saying it wrong in the first place? Is it left or right? Seriously. God, I want to go to lunch today. Is it Burger King, McDonald's, um, Chick-fil-A's closed? Uh, yeah, Arby's. Where, where am I going to go today? What do you want? Where do you want me? I want, I'm not making fun. Hear me through what, what I'm trying to say. God, what is my next decision? Where do you want me to go have lunch? Here's something I want to ask you. Where do you want to go to lunch? Come on. <laughs> Where do you want to go to lunch? What do you want to eat? I'm not trying to send you to lunch. I want you to just think like, if you want chicken, go to Chick-fil-A, except today. If you want burgers, go to a burger place. All right? Here's the thing. Like, would you just live your life for Pete's sakes and knock it off? Come on. God's not up there like, well, I wonder what decision he's going to make. Ah, wrong one. That was stupid. I wanted you at McDonald's and you're over there at Chick-fil-A. What are you doing? Ah, psh, you're going to hell. I'm done. I mean, some of us are living our life like that. Like it's so complicated and I'm scared to make a move. Oh, what am I going to do next? How am I going to? All right. So let's just visit the church for a minute. All right. In Acts, the Apostle Paul called out as a missionary, as a man of God, to preach the truth to the Gentiles. That's the non-Jews. That's me and you, unless you're Jewish. That was his mission field. Go tell them the truth, Paul. Go do it. Paul and Silas begin their journey. They go out, and they're telling people about Jesus everywhere they go. The Spirit of God is moving and leading them transforming lives. People are being changed. They're meeting together in houses and all of a sudden a church starts to happen through homes and lives being changed. Just want to say that again. See, churches don't happen first and then lives are changed. Lives are changed and then a church starts. That's biblical. Anyway, but we won't get off there. So now they're out there and what happens when the Spirit of God moves? Man gets involved all the time. He, he always... So the Spirit of God's moving in all these places and lives are being transformed. And these are Gentiles. They've never lived by the law. They don't even know the law. They don't care about the law. They know Jesus and they're excited about their faith. So here comes these well-meaning Jews into the bodies. Hey, oh, that's great that you are following the Messiah, but you also have to follow the law of Moses. All the men here need to be circumcised. All of you need to start honoring the Sabbath day. You can't walk more than these many steps. You can't do these. They begin to give them all the laws of the law that they have to keep because they know Jesus. So they're bringing confusion in the church. So the Apostle Paul goes back to Jerusalem to a business meeting like we were just at in San Diego. And they come together in Acts 15 for the council of the apostles and the elders and the leaders of the church. And they come and they bring it to them and they're making a case. Like, hey man, the Spirit of God is moving on those people. He is transforming lives. We don't want to burden them with something that they don't have to follow. This is Paul pleading the case. 
The others are saying, no, they need to follow it. Peter leads the apostles. He's the head of the church. And as he's sitting there and they're all making decisions, they're like, they don't have to follow that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, they don't need to follow that. They only need to keep themselves from sexual perversion and don't eat meat that's in the blood and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, they can handle that. So here, Peter says, let's write a letter. And then Paul, you guys take it to the churches and let them know. So he writes this letter. They all sign it. It's this official document. So now Paul and Silas are going on a second missionary journey. And they're going to share with the churches the freedom in Christ. Don't get bondage down in legalism. Don't get overwhelmed by the law. The Spirit of God is here to set you free. You need to live that life. And they got this letter to say, this is the truth. This is the way you got to do it. All right. Now, we're going to take off in Acts chapter 16, verse 4. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Yeah, isn't that awesome? See, when the Spirit of God's moving and when it's truth, it makes your faith stronger. And the church continues to grow. Some people like, like, I don't like big churches. And it's like, I look, if you just look in the book of Revelation, I don't know what you're going to do when you get to heaven, but it says <laughs> multitudes upon multitudes of every tongue and tribe and nation are gathered together. That's a pretty big group of people. And if you're uncomfortable in crowds, you're probably not going to like heaven. Better get over that. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to build a big church for Dave. I'm saying, man, we ought to be having people saved every day. Look, the Word of God says right there, and I just read it to you, so the churches were strengthened their faith and grew larger every day, not just on Sunday. The Spirit of God was moving. It was happening when they were out there living their lives, going to work, going to school, going to the stores, the markets, and the places like that. They were living their faith out there, and it was impacting lives, and that's how the church grew. It wasn't anything about the assembly. The assembly was to deal with what God was doing. Church, did you hear me? The church was about dealing with what God was already doing. It's right here in the Word of God. Anyway, we're going to get lost there, so let's keep reading. (laughs) Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Perga, Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the Word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I just want to like help all of us in our walk with God to some simplicity. I want to I want us to be free as we walk with God. I want us to experience what it means to walk in the freedom of God. So let's look at Paul and Silas and his companions on this journey and let's consider the simplicity of this. We know they had a travel plan. They had one. It's good to have a plan. They We're planning to go from town to town, city to city, and visit with the churches and share the good news of the gospel and let them know about the decision of Jerusalem that they could be free in their worship of God. So they had a plan. 
But as they went, being led by the Holy Spirit, they came to a moment as they were going through their journey where the Holy Spirit said, no. Look, I just read it to you. Did you see how simple it was? Nope, not there. So here's the thing as I look at that. They have a plan. They're going along. Spirit says no, so they alter their plan. Okay, so we'll go here instead. Start to go there. No. Okay, alter the plan. Now, church, the reason I want to share that with you is because when you look at that and I read through it, I paused for a moment on it just so you hear it. But when you think about it, there's no debate from Paul and Silas. There's no meeting. There's no asking God. There's no like time of back and forth like, wait a minute, like we had a plan and it includes these guys and we're going to preach the gospel. It's a good thing. We want them to know there's freedom in Christ and that they're no longer... So all that we are doing in our drive here is all godly and good. Spirit said no. And they didn't. Simple obedience to God. Church, simple obedience. Do you remember when I was talking about details? God didn't say, hey guys, I really don't want you to go there. We'll catch up with them later. We're going to come back around, but right now I have other plans for you, so why don't you just like curve your plans and follow me? No, no. That simple. Not complicated. You don't need to figure out the Greek and the Hebrew. No. <laughs> come on. All right? So there's the first no to Asia. Okay, we'll go this way. No to Bethsinia. Nope. Bethsinia. So here's what happened. Two simple obediences to no's brought them to a yes. And the yes that they came to was a vision from God. The vision of God didn't come first. Could have. The vision of God was not delivered by Peter before they left. Could have. Do you see what's going on here, church? Look at the simplicity of this. We're going out to do God's work. God says, not there. Okay, not there. Okay, all right, what are we doing? Come and help us. Oh, someone needs our help. Do you see how simple that is? That's the spirit-led life. It's that simple. It's obedience to the simple. Stop complicating it. Stop trying to figure it all out and getting yourself confused. But what about, what about, what about? Stop it. No is no. Yes is yes. You already know this truth. Remember what Moses said? It's already in your hearts. It's on your lips. You know. Come on, church. The Spirit of God is real. You already know what you should or shouldn't be doing. It's amazing to me. He's God gives him a vision. All right, so could, have you ever had those moments with God where you're like, I just said it to you. I didn't plan that, but yeah, I had one. I was sitting there in that chair, like, go up there and lead in prayer. Like, you know, like, wait a minute, that was, mm. <laughs> ah, you know? All right, so I'm going to try to bank on this a little bit right here. I'm going to go way out of context and say, I think Paul might have had one of those moments with this vision. I am kidding, but let's look at what the Word of God says. 
So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We concluded, having decided. So Paul had the vision. He shares the vision with everyone else, and they confirm that that vision is God's truth. Let's agree and let's go. So here's what I want to tell you, is when the Spirit of God affirms His truth, it is truth, act on it. Trust Him. He's not complicating things. But sometimes we are insecure about what we think we heard. But the message is always simple. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Oh my goodness, again, I don't need a translator, I get it. Go there, we need you. Hey guys, do you think that's what God wants? Yeah, I think that's what God wants. Okay, let's go do it. All right, go. Do you see how simple it was? So, not only do I have to have plans for my life as I walk with God, but as I submit my plans to God, I want His plan. And therefore, I commit to knowing what the Spirit is saying to me and leading in me in my life. This is why we need to spend that time alone with God withdrawn away from people I need to be with God so I can hear God when I know what God is saying to me by staying in his word by listening in my quiet time with him it's easier for me to know the no and the yes and it gives God an opportunity to say come over here and help it's not that complicated it really isn't Romans chapter 12 And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Oh, that is good news, isn't it? Yeah. See, God's not just waiting for you to screw up by making wrong choices or going in the wrong direction so he can smack you. He's not like that. God's not like, well, let's hope that he makes a right choice today so we can finally get something to happen in the way that we need it. God is not about that. God is trying to lead us. If you look at what the word of God just said to us in that scripture that we just read, the way to worship him is by not copying the customs of the world, the way they process and do stuff, but instead let God transform you into a new person. Transformation of me. No longer the same guy I was. A transformation. How does that happen? Well... By changing the way you think. Changing the way I think is making me a new person. Then, did you hear? Did you hear it? Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Guess what? God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. Isn't that awesome? I love it, man. I'm telling you, I'm... My wife and I have been here to serve you and God in this church. 14 years ago on July 1st, we moved here, right? Okay, most of you know that. The story of when we came to candidate in April, at the end of April and May of that same year, 2004 or 5, whatever it was. Um, 5. 
that when I got to Tucson and I went up into that hotel on Elvernon over there, Doubletree, and that I was in absolute grief and mourning and begging God not to make me come here. I, I probably freaked out uh, Dale and Derek, our two younger kids, because when I walked through the door of the hotel room, I did not care who was around. I didn't care what anybody thought. I was letting God know that he didn't need me here and he didn't want me here. I was not shy about it. I was pleading and begging with him. God, no. No. <laughs> I know this is a test. <laughs> okay, so let's just stop for just a second there. And I just want to say this right there when we read that scripture to you. See, it says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Because you see, I was serving God and I had things that I liked and that I wanted and that I wanted to do. And God says, you know, I know what's good, pleasing, and perfect. Do you want to follow me? Or do you want to make up your own mind? As I stand before you today and I look and I think, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. <sighs> the transformation of the way we think. The only way that happens is spending time alone with God and being real, being transparent and talking with him and listening to him. When I got done lecturing God about how I didn't belong here, and all the reasons that I could give him, and there were many more, I'm sure, I did listen. I did, or I wouldn't be standing here. I submitted my appeal to the process. <laughs> it was shredded. <laughs> and I submitted to him, trusting him, and surrendered and said, God, if that's where you want me, I will go. I stand before you 14 years later looking back and like, what an idiot I was. Why would I even wrestle with God over anything? Why would I think he doesn't know better? Why wouldn't I just say, okay, God, what is it that you want? Okay, I'll do that. So I stand here today. I want you to hear me. My mind is being transformed. I'm being made new. Now I look and I'm like, I actually, I mean this in a good way, I love Tucson. I didn't want to be in, yes, I didn't want to be in San Diego this week. I don't understand why you, so many of you like that place. I mean, I was there and I'm just like, I don't get it. I mean, I wanted to get out of there. I'm happy to be home. And I'm like, God, you have completely changed me from who I was to where I am. Let me help us in this walk with God a little bit more by sharing with you some experiences of my life. When we are introduced, like some of you I met today for the first time, and Peggy Sue, I remember your name. I was uh, introduced and told her name, right? I didn't point her out because I don't want to make her uncomfortable. But um, probably already did. Let me, let me say, I say, like, I'll shake somebody's hand and meet them. And I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's hard for me to remember names. That was a God moment that he gave me that just to help with the illustration, right? Hello, my name's Dave. 
and you say your name or somebody tells me your name and then we move on and uh, I already know right there I've got to somehow make a connection where I remember your face because I've gone up to people the next week and said how you doing welcome to the church well I've been here for two months yeah hi I'm Dave (laughs) okay so I mean I, I don't remember a lot of names sometimes my own so don't take it personal all right but here's what happens so I'm going to remember Peggy Sue's name, I am, because right now it's in my head, and I've got it, and uh, so next week when I see her, because she's going to come back, because she loves this place, I'm going to go over, and I'll say, hey, it's good to see you again, welcome back, if she's not working or something, but anyway, here's what's going on now, church, this is the way it works, um, if, if we're going to get to know one another, I'm going to invite her to come to coffee with my wife and I, so we go and meet at coffee. Now it's more than just, uh, hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Peggy Sue. Now we're going to sit down in coffee where it's one-on-one time, where it's more than just, uh, I got someone else to say hi to. Goodbye. <laughs> All right? So now we're sitting there, and it's going to be questions like, oh, so are you originally from Tucson? Fill in the blank. Do you have any other family members? Fill in the blank. Where do you work? What do you do? And the, me personally, I, I love the discovery of people. I like to know about them and where they come from and what's going on in their life. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions to get to know them. All right? Now, this is what happens when we all engage in these kinds of communications. There comes a point in that coffee meeting where I know I'm either never going to have coffee with them again (laughs) or, or I'm going to invite them to have coffee again. You know that. You've made that decision. Right? So it's like I'm either getting in here or I'm staying back here. We're either going to be friends at a distance or not at all, or we're going to become friends. Where before long I'm saying, why don't you come over to our house for dinner? And they say, why don't you come to our house for dinner? And then you start to see how they live. You don't just hear how they live. I'm beginning to live life together. Okay? Church, this is exactly what God has invited us into. And many of us are comfortable with having coffee with God. We want to ask him some questions. We want to know what he has to say. But we want to kind of keep him at a distance. Because we're uncomfortable once we begin to engage in real life. Because it's real easy to project project something at coffee... It's not that easy when they're sitting at your table. And so God, this amazing God who loves us, is saying, come and be with me. Let's talk. I want to know about you. I want you to know me. I want us to have a life together. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. The reason why we're always trying to guess is because we're still trying to keep out God out there because we're scared of Him. We've heard stuff about Him. We're not comfortable with Him. Do you know how hard it is for us to get over things that people tell us about other people? That's why we should shut up and not do that. Because you see, like once someone puts a thought in you, you're watching them with that thought in your heart. You are. Until you get to know them and see either past that or it's affirmed. So as we sit here today, 
all of us have learned some stuff about God, and I want to probably say that some of, probably everybody here, we've learned some wrong stuff about God. And some of the things we've heard about being a Christian, living for Him, being Spirit-led, being, we've, we're uncomfortable with. And so we want to serve God, but we want to keep Him in a relationship that we're comfortable with. I just want you to know, God wants you to be uncomfortably close with him he does but it's because he loves us he wants to get that close relationship with us and it requires me being available stop making excuses stop blowing him off he loves you he wants to be with you How much of what you believe have you been told about God and how much of what you believe do you know about God? I mean, come on. It's not some unsolvable mystery. (laughs) Jesus said to us that the Holy Spirit will reveal all truth to us. That doesn't mean it's just going to blow open my mind and I'm going to know everything. We read the scriptures. Do you see what it said? that as I'm being transformed in the renewing of my mind, then I learn what God's will for me is. So it's this this submission, surrendered, trusting God, following His lead, and I understand what it means to walk with Him more than ever today. And as I look back over my life, I'm like, oh my goodness, God, it's like such a no-brainer. Some of the stuff I struggled over, and here I am today. Should I go up there? Is it really you? (laughs) Come on, man. It takes time and commitment to build a real relationship. Do you know that? It takes time and commitment to build a real relationship. It means I have to sacrifice my schedule. I don't mean that disrespectfully. You have to do it too if I'm going to make room for you in my life. Come on. It also takes time and commitment to sustain a relationship. Just because you're in one doesn't mean it's going to stay there. You have to commit to sustain it. That means presence. That means being. God's invited us into this incredible relationship with us. And he wants you to be with him. Look, when's the last time you went to God's word just to get to know God better? You know, usually we go into the word of God because we're looking for answers or whatever devotions for the the day so you can give me a pointer as i make my decisions but when's the last time you went into god's word just to get to know him to know his heart to know who he is when's the last time you had coffee with god where you went beyond the surface questions it's okay to ask god's questions it's okay you know what jesus did when he was on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me he asked a pretty tough question because he felt alone. It's okay to ask questions. It's time to be with him and be real. It's time to live a transparent life with the creator because we already are anyway. <laughs> okay. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, 
that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. We started that way. We end with those words today. Church, this is God's word. He is inviting us into this incredible relationship with him. If you don't know Jesus, maybe you've heard about him. Maybe he's someone you've had coffee with, but you're not committed to. May I invite you to make it a real part of your life today. If you need Jesus, you need to come and get to know him personally. If you have had a relationship with him, but you've been keeping him at a distance, I invite you to get real. Get real today with God. If you've been confused about what God's trying to say, just simplify, relax. God is not trying to mess with you. He loves you. Just listen to his no and listen to his yes. You're going to be fine. And you're going to grow and learn and begin to have the mind transformed as the Spirit of God reveals His will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's God's plan for you. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? The altar's open. Whatever you need to do and the Spirit of God is moving, you need to do it. He's calling. Are you here? Again, no confusion here. This isn't a I wonder if moment. It's either yes, Lord, by standing where we are and we're good with him, or it's yes, Lord, I'm coming forward because I want to be good with you. Are you ready? It's that moment of truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as we come to you right now. Father, as we uh, continue here in your presence, it's your word. We had choice. Life and death, blessings and curses. We're here. We want your blessing on our life. We want to walk with you. God, we love you. For every person that's here at the altar, those standing in the back, wherever they are, God, our yes is to you. Our no is to the world. Lord, teach us what your perfect, pleasing, and good will for our life is, God, as we walk from this place to be the church that you died to make us. We give you glory, honor, and praise. It is in the matchless name of Jesus we pray these things, church. Amen. God is amazing, isn't he? Yeah. God bless you. Choose life. Choose life.